But let's get into it. I'm excited to preach tonight as I always am. I'm always excited to hear what Jesus might say to us. Who loves when Jesus speaks something directly to them? When Jesus speaks a word that changes your life? Man, that is something that I just don't ever want to get past. And realizing that Jesus wants to speak to me in all of the little things as much as the big things in life. And, and so tonight, I'm just praying, my prayer for every message is that Jesus would speak something to you tonight. And so I hope that um, you would have an expectant heart as I begin to speak this evening. So a couple of years ago, six years ago now, I found myself in a place where I didn't know where I was going to sleep at night. And not only did I not know where I was going to sleep at night, I was overseas in another country where I, English was not the first language. I was in Japan with three of my friends. We went on a trip um, and we decided that we wanted to have full cultural immersion. We didn't want to go and be Westerners. We wanted to have full cultural immersion. We went over with our backpacks and a jumper, no other clothes. Didn't work out well for Brandon because he's a really big guy and in Japan they're not as big as him and he couldn't find undies. But we wanted to be fully immersed. We were going to eat their food. We were going to, when we got there, we were going to buy their clothes and we were going to stay. um, I might take this off if that's all right. We were going to stay um, wherever we found. And so there was one night where we decided we. Oh, okay, thanks. There was one night where we. We were just about to go to meet Levi because Levi was in Taiwan, Pastor Levi. And we were about to catch a flight there, but we thought we wanted to go and see Osaka. And so we got on a plane and we were like, we're going to go to Osaka for one night and then the next day we'll go and see Levi. And I was actually kind of excited about this because I hadn't seen Pastor Luke Kennedy in a number of years. Pastor Luke Kennedy was my one of my youth leaders and he was going to be, well, I assumed naturally. He was part of Lifehouse Osaka. And I was like, man, he's going to be preaching. Uh, I can't wait to see him preach. And so we went to Lifehouse Osaka. We had a great time. We went and tried to find dinner afterwards and we had an awesome dinner. And then we got out, it was about 10 p.m. And we realized that we hadn't sorted out our accommodation for the evening. Now, this wasn't going to be too bad because before we left, we sort of had a bit of a scope on Google and we were like, there's going to be this place near Lifehouse Osaka. I think we came up with two or three places. But then we went to these places and the rooms were all booked. Well, one of them, the rooms were all booked. Another one, uh, they just weren't, the reception wasn't open and we sat there for like five minutes, like trying to get their attention. Uh, But anyway, so we ended up walking along the street and we were filming vlogs at the time. And I remember we were filming and me and Brandon were like, we don't know where we're going to stay tonight. This is going to be full cultural immersion. And Brandon's like, I don't think sleeping in a train stop is cultural immersion. (laughs) I don't think that's something the Japanese people just, like, that's part of their culture. And um, then, like, after we stopped recording, I'm pretty sure Dave really looked at me and he was like, but seriously, where are we going to stay tonight? And we realised that we had been robbed by a side quest. That's the title of my message tonight, Robbed by a Side Quest. We were so excited to go to church, see our old friend. We were so excited to have dinner that we actually robbed ourselves of accommodation for that evening. And... Oh, actually, sorry, I should say, we did find a place after about an hour and a half of walking around and, and finding, and this is the place. It was actually pretty cool. There was, uh, uh, it was like the, the floor where you roll your bed out. I'm not sure. This is the days of Snapchat. I'm not too sure what I was drawing at the top left corner. 
Maybe I was trying to draw a bonsai to be like, yeah, we're fully culturally immersed. But we had the, you know, we had the paper windows. We were like, dang, this is like serious. This, it actually ended up well for us. We got full cultural immersion. But we almost robbed ourselves of our good night's sleep that evening because we got caught on a side quest. Many of us have found ourselves caught on side quests that have robbed us of something important. Maybe you've been up on TikTok for a bit too long and then you realise you've robbed yourself of all your sleep time before work the next day. Maybe you have spent a fair bit of money on junk food and then you get to the end of the week and you look at your bank balance and you realise your junk food side quest, you have robbed yourself. Maybe you watch episode after episode on Netflix of a TV show and then you realise that you've robbed yourself of all of your study time for your exam that you have the next day. We've all felt the feeling of feeling like we're doing something good, feeling like we're doing something exciting, and then we realise that we actually robbed ourselves. We do this in the small things like, yeah, TikTok, Netflix, all that sort of stuff, but we also do it with things that are more serious in life. Some of us love to be the centre of attention, being the funny guy, telling heaps of jokes, hurling insults that are just absolutely hilarious. Everyone in your school class laughs, but then you get to grade 12 and you graduate and you realise that you actually didn't make any close friends because no one wanted to be close to you because you were just going to insult them and you robbed yourself of that. Maybe you invest yourself so heavily into a romantic relationship that again, you start to push aside the friendships that you, so, that you had built as you gr- had grown up and then maybe the relationship falls apart and you're looking for your friends and they're nowhere to be found. You've actually robbed yourself. Maybe you're a bit of a, a, a money saver, like to save a bit of coin here and there, who doesn't? But then maybe you get to a certain age and you realise you've missed out on all of these experiences that your friends experienced but you didn't when Stereosonic got the can and you realise, I never get to go to a Stereosonic. <laughs> I don't know, whatever it is for you because you've been too busy trying to be money conscious. Sometimes we get on these side quests that actually rob us in the future. Maybe you've looked back and realised that you've been robbed yourself. And it's really easy, like, I'm not saying that it should be obvious to us, because it's very easy to find ourselves in a side quest that robs us in the end. It's kind of like a clock. You know, like, if you have an analogue clock, one that's not connected to the internet, wow, what a concept, my clock in my car. It can be a few milliseconds out and you don't realise it, but in six months' time, I'm starting to be 20, 30 minutes late to meetings. I'm like rolling up late to work. If it's good, you'll actually have it be a little bit too fast and then you'll be like early and the boss is impressed. But, you know, it's something that starts out small, but then in the end, you realise this has actually, actually robbed you of something. And so we can get onto side quests in life that seem like they're good ideas. But then in the end, we actually realise that something has gone astray. And so I want to look at tonight, how can we avoid getting caught up in these side quests? Because it's so hard to tell. Like, that, like I said about the clock, it's just a couple of milliseconds. It's so hard to tell in the moment. But if we, can, if we can gather an attitude, if we can gather eyes that can see when we're going to get caught up on these side quests, then it's almost going to be like every day, no matter how far we've gone, just like a smartphone that connects to the internet and resets its time. You know, your smartphone will reset its time to the world clock every day. Every 24 hours, it has a function in place to make sure that it doesn't get sidetracked. And so we need to build something like that into our lives. In the book of Joshua, um, God is instilling 
Joshua as the new leader of Israel. He had pretty big shoes to fill. Moses was a great leader, but he had to get the DL from God. God was telling him, this is what you need to do to make sure that you lead the people well. And it says in Joshua 1 verse 8, it says, be strong and very courageous. Be strong and courageous. Be careful not to part from the instructions that I gave my servant Moses. Do not look to the right or to the left, turning or do not deviate from them from the right or to the left, and then you'll be successful in everything that you do. So God is linking here, not looking to the right or to the left. He's linking that with being successful. Verse 8 goes on to say, Okay, I'll get verse 8. Here we go. Verse 8 goes on to say, Study the book of instruction continually, meditate on it night and day, and be sure to obey everything written in it. Only then will you prosper and succeed in all you do. So God's doubling down. He's He's trying to make sure Joshua gets this point. And God's advice is that Joshua should not get distracted. And as I said before, we're only human. We're all going to get distracted. We're all going to find ourselves off on side quests. And God's advice is, hey, try not, as best you can, try not to get caught up on those side quests because that's how you're going to be successful. So as I said, I want to look at how we can make sure that we don't get caught up in these side quests. What is is that sink? What is that 24-hour sink that we have that's going to get us connected back and, 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 and off that side quest? One of the things for me is this paperclip. And... This paperclip represents something really important to Hannah and myself. When we went through a period of time where we only had one income coming into the house and we just bought a brand new house, we got really worried about finance. We weren't sure where things were headed and we got a thank you card from someone in the church. And in the thank you card was, was this paperclip and it had over $1,000 in it. And it was the single biggest act of generosity that Hannah and I had ever received because they saw our place of need and they really felt God telling them to bless us. And this to us is our reminder that God is our provider. And every time we see it, I I might be on a side quest of anxiety, of worry and fear, but every time I see it, it brings me back. It's like that sink. It brings me back and reminds me that, no, God, God is my provider. And we need these paperclip reminders. And for you, it's not going to be a paperclip, but it needs to be something that reminds you of God's character. What is God's character? Joshua um, set up altars. They, they didn't have paperclips, um, if they did, very advanced civilization. But they had altars and they had memorials that they would set up. Joshua chapter 4 says that... Uh, after Joshua had set up this um, altar where God had taken them across the River Jordan on dry ground, he parted the sea so that they could get across. He provided for them. He delivered for them in that moment. Joshua chapter four, it actually, Joshua was telling the people, and your children will ask you when they see this memorial, what does this memorial, what does this memorial mean? And you will say to your children, this is a reminder for you that the, when this is where the Israelites crossed the Jordan on dry ground. So that memorial was intentionally designed to be a monument to remind you that, hey, God was our deliverer. It, it, it is something physical, 
and it stood in the way of the River Jordan and it said, no, no matter who came to the side of the River Jordan, they saw it and they saw, hey, they were reminded, God is our deliverer. It was something physical and it was something in their way. And we all need something that reminds us of the character of God. For me and Hannah, this reminds us that God is our provider. Maybe for you, you get anxious about your kids or about someone in your family. And you need some kind of physical reminder that reminds you of God's character, that He has good plans for them, that He wants to see them do well, that He wants to see them prosper, that He wants to protect them. Maybe you really struggle with anxiety, you really struggle with worrying, and you need a reminder that God has got this, that God has got your life that you don't have to worry about tomorrow because if God cares for the sparrows, man, He's going to care for you. Maybe you need a reminder because you get really frustrated by your boss. You need some kind of physical reminder in your world that reminds you that God has new mercies every day. And if He's given it to Him, then He can give it to you as well. You can be refreshed once again. Whatever it is that you're struggling with in life, I want to encourage you to to think about what's that characteristic of God that I need to be reminded about. Before I get taken off onto a side quest of anxiety, of worry, of fear, I need that reminder. I need that physical reminder. And for Hannah and I, this paperclip, it's on our fridge. And we eat three times a day. So we're going to run into it three times a day. There's a reminder that God is our provider. So I'm not even going to go a full day without being reminded, no, God is my provider. In Joshua chapter 22, it says that uh, they were going to go set up a new altar. And the phrasing at the end of the verse says they set up a large and imposing altar. So they wanted to make sure that no one was going to be able to walk past the River Jordan. Um, It said it was near Gileoth. They were not going to be able to walk past or even near this place without seeing this large and imposing altar. So I'm challenging you tonight to come up with what is your paperclip? What is your reminder? What is your characteristic character of God reminder? And can you make it large and imposing? For them, it was on the side of the River Jordan. For me, it's next to my fridge. What is it going to be for you? It needs to be large and imposing. It needs to interrupt you. I love, um, this is not my thing, but I love seeing when people have like the post-it note on their mirror. It's like you get up in the morning before you can even look at yourself. There's that reminder that whatever that reminder is for you, you have that reminder every single day. Maybe it's a phone wallpaper. Every time you unlock your phone, it's there. It's, maybe it's not large, but it is in your way. It's physically in your way. I, I like to try and set physical reminders However, I can, whenever I answer the phone here at church uh, and I need to take a a message for someone, write it down on a post-it note and I stick it on their computer screen because it's like, you can't go and you can't do anything more (laughs) until you see my flipping note. Um, But something like that, that is large and imposing. Maybe there's, you know, those people that have like a cross hanging from the mirror in their car and you just get in your car and every time you get in your car, it's there. Maybe you need to have a sticker on your Bible or or a poster on the back of your toilet door that's got like a scripture or something. Whatever it is, you decide. But remind yourself daily of God's character and you'll find yourself stop, you'll find yourself not getting caught up in side quests of anxiety, not getting caught up in side quests of worry, of fear that end up robbing you of your whole day, that can end up robbing you of your whole week, can take years some people because they don't have that solid reminder. So questions that I have for you, what is that reminder going to be? Number two, question number two, is it going to grab your attention? 
because it needs to grab your attention. Question number three, what are you going to do when you see it? Because it's great to be reminded, but we need to have a ritual or we need to have something that we do when we see it. For me, if it's I'm worried about how God's going to provide for me, it's when I see this paperclip, I'm going to stop. I'm going to be grateful for something in my life. I'm going to come back to a place of contentment. Maybe for you, it's like you see this and you know that you get anxious easily and you see this thing and it's like, I'm going to stop. I'm going to take three breaths. I'm going to ask God for his peace. I'm going to pray about this. Maybe it's, maybe you have a, maybe your physical reminder is like a photo on your wall of your kids or of someone that you're worried about. And it's like, every time you see that, you're going to stop. You're going to remind yourself that God's got them in his hands. Shoot off a prayer. Whatever it is, pick a reminder and then set an action that you're going to do every time you come across that reminder. So number one is you've got to have paperclip reminders. For me, it's paperclip. Whatever it is, it's got to be for you too. And the second thing is people. We're going to have people in our life because sometimes we don't run into these things that we have and sometimes we just gloss over them. We need to have people in our life that remind us um, of the path that we were on, the people that know when we're off on a side quest. I caught up with a friend on Friday for breakfast and I was telling him about my week and he said to me, you're a bit of a workaholic, aren't you? And then, and I was thinking about all the stuff that I had done that week and I was like, I guess I am. Um, and he was like, make sure you um, don't spend too much time working because your lady will start missing you. And um, Simon, Simon loves Hannah. He always says hello to her whenever I hang out with him. Anyway, um, he, but he, rem- he, w- he was there to say, hey, just be careful, mate, because you might be risking something here. And we need people in our life that are going to remind us, that are going to be able to say to us, hey, you're a little bit off lately. Hey, I thought you told me that you didn't want to be that type of person, but you seem to be on this little bit of a side quest right now. We need those types of people. At the beginning of Joshua, God says to Joshua, be strong and very courageous. Then later on, Joshua is talking to the people of Israel and they say, we are with you just as we were with Moses. If anyone rebels against you, we're going to kill them. Um, So they're very, you know, they're very uh, loyal. And then it says this, they said back to Joshua, be strong and be courageous. That's the exact same thing that God said to Joshua. So we got to get people in our life that are willing to go, hey, actually, uh, you don't look like you're being very strong and courageous now right now. You told me, I remember that God said about your life. I know that, that God wanted you to be strong and courageous. So I'm going to remind you to be strong and courageous. That's why I love our life groups, because it's like every week, I'm going to run into people who are going to remind me that, about God's plan for my life. They're going to remind me about the goals that I had set. They're going to remind me just as the people of Israel, of Israel did for Joshua. They're going to remind him that, hey, you're a little bit off lately. And I just noticed that your, your fuse is a little bit short. You need those people. And you need people who are willing to challenge you on it. People who aren't just going to hang out with you and be a people pleaser, but people who are willing to actually interrupt you and say, hey, man, this isn't you. This is not what you, this is not the person that you set out to be. And I love that um, later on in Joshua chapter five, it says that Joshua came across this man and he asks this very important question. He says, are you friend or are you foe? And so Joshua is choosing before he gets engaged with this man, he's like, I need to know before I engage with you, are you friend or are you a foe? That's a question that we all need to ask of the people in our worlds. Are they a friend or are they a foe? 
And it's, I'm not talking about, it's, you know, it's very easy when someone's like hating on you all the time and they've got nothing good to say about you. Obvious foe. I'm talking right now about the people that pull us onto side quests. You've got, you're having a good day. You're having a peaceful day. And then someone interrupts with all this news about uh, COVID and the government and blah, blah, blah. And suddenly you find yourself pulled on a side quest of, of being angry about angry towards the government or angry towards restrictions or angry towards people who decided to put that flippin' vaccine in their body or angry against the people who just won't vaccinate because it's, you know, you should really be vaccinated, whatever it is. We find ourselves, our our emotions are changed. They've pulled us into their side quest of getting caught up in, in whatever it is that we never wanted to get caught up with in the first place. Maybe it's someone at your work who, you know, you're having a good day you're trying to keep a, a clean mouth. This was like really hard for me when I was um, working at a particular job. And I wanted to try and I wanted my speech, I wanted everything that I said to build people up. But they had a habit of insulting others just for a bit of fun. And I noticed that I started to take that on. And I was starting to get pulled onto a side quest of looking for humor to try and insult others, to try and bring people down just so I could get a laugh. Those are people that are pulling me onto a side quest. Maybe there's someone who just, every time you see them, they're just boasting just about the latest place that they went or the latest thing that they got. And you really love that you've got a place of centeredness, of not of feeling content. But then every time you leave a conversation with them, you're just feeling jealous. You're feeling discontent with what you have. You're feeling ungrateful. Those types of the people are your foes. Who are the types of people that pull you onto side quests? So that's an important question to ask. Who are the types of people, who are the people in your world that always pull you onto side quests? And then the next question that you need to ask is, is just being aware of the influence enough or do I need to cut them off? Most people, we don't need to cut them off. We just need to be aware that they're having an influence on our life. And it's like, it's almost like you just do a little uh, battle cry to yourself before you go into a conversation with them. I'm not going to be pulled down into fear. I'm not going to be pulled down into anxiety today. I'm not going to be pulled down into feeling discontent today. I'm going to be grateful for what I have. I'm not going to be pulled into a place of calling down others. I'm going to be a person who brings life. Whatever it is, sometimes it's just enough to be able to... Sometimes it's all that, all that it takes is just being aware that they'll pull you into a side quest and then you can enter that conversation, have a great conversation, walk away and you're fine. But the people that really bring you down every time Maybe you just need to take a break. I know it's hard with family. Sometimes you can't. But just simply limiting your access to them so that your whole life doesn't get robbed by whatever side quest they end up pulling you down on. The last thing that I want us to think about is patterns in our life. The patterns. You know, I don't know if you noticed. I made them all start with P. Paperclip, people, patterns. The patterns are really important in our life. Hannah and I have a monthly date night to make sure that if ever we find ourselves, we've drifted apart, we, we know that at, at a bare minimum, we have date night where we're going to have our phones turned off and we're going to be able to reconnect again. We have a pattern that resyncs us, just like our phone has a pattern every 24 hours. It's going to resynchronize us with God. It's going to, sorry, it's going to resynchronize with the clock. Um, we need to have patterns that we schedule. We schedule them into our life. We make sure that this thing is going to happen. Joshua, in the middle of all his conquest and in the Israelites, you know, the, the walls of Jericho were coming down. They were going along and taking all these cities. And then there's um, a verse that says that, and they stopped 
in the middle of one of the valleys and they celebrated Passover on the evening of the 14th day of the first month. The Israelites had a pattern every single year they would celebrate Passover and remember that God is their deliverer. As much conquest as they've been having or as much struggle as they'd been having, they had a pattern that's like, man, I'm going to stop every single year. I've scheduled this and I'm going to remind myself that God is my deliverer. That's why I love what we do here at church. I've Life group weekly, it's like a scheduled thing where no matter what's happening in my world, I know I've got life group once a week. Church, I've got church once a week. Man, my tithe... It, I, I mean, if you get, however often you get paid is however often you are reminded that God is your provider. However often you are reminded that you want to honour God with your finances. That's why I love, we have communion regularly. Regularly I'm reminded that my life is centred around Jesus and it's centred around what He did for me. That's why I love to journal as often as I can. It's like something that I try and set up and, you know, I, I don't journal every day because I'm just a human who... Um, quite often we'll forget. But as much as I can, if I can do it daily, I'm trying to schedule that thing in so that I have a pattern where it's like, no matter how far I've gone during the day, no matter how much I've drifted onto a side quest, I know that I can return to God. So what are the patterns that you need to set up in your life? Or maybe a better question, what are the patterns that you need to return to? The fact that you're here in the room on a Sunday or online, like, man, you guys are awesome. You've set up a great pattern, but don't let it fall away. Make it regular, whether that's, you know, here, whether that's a life group, whether that's tithing, communion, journaling, all of those things that I've said. Make sure that you set up a pattern that reminds you about who God is, about what He's done for your life. Something, something that's going to reset you back to God. So what is a pattern that you can set up in your world? And then, an equally important question is how can you make sure that that pattern doesn't become passionless? Because it's so easy. I mean, I've been going to church since I was a kid. It could have been so easy for me to just sit through that song and sing the words that um, Sarah was leading us in. But being able to choose and go, no, I don't want this to become passionless. I really want to engage. And um, really gave me a bit of a moment just before. A little bit embarrassing, but I'm glad that I did it. And whatever it is for you, you need to make sure that whatever pattern you set up, whether that's daily journaling, going to life group, whatever it is, don't let it become passionless. And the easiest way to do that is just choose to be intentional and pray before you go. God, today, as I go to church, I, I really want you to speak to me. I know that I, I hear words from the Bible every week, and I know that we're going to be singing the songs, and I already know the words, but make it fresh for me this week, God. I need this. I need this from you. I know that I need this reset. Whatever it is, choose to make it full of passion before you tithe. That's why I don't auto-tithe. I don't have that auto-transaction. Hannah and I, we, we pray every single week when we do our tithe because we don't want it to become passionless. We want to pray and remind ourselves uh, about what God has done for us. So I really believe that for all of us, we can be fruitful in every season. We don't have to get to the end of a season of life and feel like we've been robbed by the side quest that we found ourselves on. Just like Psalm chapter one says, we're gonna be fruitful in every season like a tree planted by a river. When we're planted in God, when we're grounded in God, when we don't go too far from that water source, we're gonna be fruitful in every season. We're gonna be finding ourselves excelling in life, 
in work, in our families, whatever side quest we find ourselves on, if we have that sync every 24 hours, every day, we've got that pattern, we've got people who are in our worlds, worlds and we've got those paperclip type reminders. We're gonna, it's going to make sure that we don't ever find ourselves too far gone before God brings us back again. Let's pray. Would you stand with me this evening as I pray? And, um, and I just want us to all be thinking about where, where we're at with all of this. And one action point that we want to take into this week, what, whatever your next step is. So I'm, I just want to pray for us all. And, and maybe you need to be praying a similar prayer in your head tonight as I pray this. But God, I thank you for what you've done for us. I thank you for your character that seems to be able to overcome so much when we realise the power of it, that you're our provider, that you're our deliverer, that you are our inheritance, whatever it is. God, I pray that you would reveal to us the areas in our life where we are wildly off centre. Reveal to us the areas where we've taken on a side quest that has pulled us way further from the truth and way further from where we wanted to be. Help us to see that. Give us the eyes to see that. And God, give us the courage to set up and maintain these paperclip reminders, these people reminders, these patterns that are going to bring us back to who you are. In Jesus' name, amen. And, uh, and I want to pray for, for you right now. Whatever your next step is, I want to pray that God would give you the courage to take that. So let's pray once again. God, I thank you for every single person here, every every person whose soul is precious and loved by you. You want to see us do well. And so God, I pray right now for every person in this room who is responding to you in some way, whether that's to just come back to bring you back to the center or whether that's to make a decision that from today forward, they want to follow you and keep you at the center. I just pray again that you'll give us the courage to make that solid decision right now and that it doesn't just, it's not just a moment right now, but it becomes something that lasts in our life. In Jesus' name, amen.